going on, everybody? It's Josh McCabe here, host of Overflow Beyond the Music. Welcome to episode number two of season number four of the Beyond the Music podcast. Again, I'm your host, Josh McCabe. I'm coming to you pretty late at night right now because I've been working on a bunch of different projects this week that have kept me really busy. I hope you guys are all safe and healthy in this COVID-19 shutdown, quarantine, whatever we want to call it. It's it's really unprecedented times for all of us. And um, I, I want to say this first, you know, I think a lot of us can have different perspectives on what's going on and um, how serious we ought to take this or not serious we ought to take this. I think I was reminded actually uh, by Mia Fields, who was a guest on this podcast a couple seasons ago, we were going to get together and write, and she said, you know, what do we have as believers and as Christians if we are not willing to ex- uh, to respect our authorities? And I thought that was a great point. She just said, you know, if they're asking us to stay home right now, we're going to do that, and we're going to respect that. And, um, you know, I thought that was a really good point, and I just, I really felt challenged by that. And so I want to encourage you as well to be safe, to think about others, and to, you know, pray. That that's really the big thing. Pray that that the Lord would um, be able to to inspire somebody to. And you know, I'm not a medical guy. I don't pretend to be, but that the Lord inspires somebody to to create something that would allow us to get back to normal, whether that be a cure or a testing mechanism or whatever that is. But just know my hearts are with you guys, and I want to thank you for tuning in and making sure that you stick with this podcast, and I'm going to do my best, my very best, to make sure that I keep delivering as many episodes to you to keep you busy and keep your minds flowing, and hopefully keep you entertained and encouraged and inspired during these really interesting times that we're going through right now. But hey, I figure I should let you know why I've been keeping busy over the last couple of weeks. The band, the moniker, the name, the whatever that I use to release music under that I've been using for a few years now since 2014, Caves, we put out a brand new EP. It's called Run To You. I've had these songs ready to go for, wow, probably I started these songs back in 2017. I started working on recording and finishing these songs. And finally, I just felt that, you know, the time was right to put them out. And I think timing is everything. I've held on these songs for a long time. I think I've tried to find the right, you know, record label or partnership or whatever that looks like to put them out. And ultimately, you know what? I I like these songs. I feel like they need to be heard. And so I decided I'm just going to put them out. And so I have a brand new EP out. It's called The Run To You EP by Caves. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, YouTube, wherever you listen to music, you will find it. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, that would mean a lot to me. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And let me play a little clip of the title track called Run to You right here on Overflow Beyond the Music. And I don't ever have to look Well, I hope you don't mind me playing a little bit of that music for you right now. Um, it's uh, from the EP. It's called Run To You, and uh, it's by Caves. It's the name that I've been touring and recording music under for the last few years. 
and just felt like it was the most appropriate way to release music. So again, there will be a link in the show notes of this uh, podcast to check that out. Really encourage you to go have a listen if you can. And if you get a chance to listen to it, drop me a line. Uh, our Instagram is just Caves Music at Caves Music. You can drop us a line on there anytime that you want to. Or if you're on Facebook or Twitter, it's uh, the band Caves is the way you will find us. So the second thing I've been doing that's been keeping us pretty busy is uh, with churches not being able to meet right now and a lot of churches not being able to gather together, a lot of churches are having to go online and do online streaming. And and to be honest, a lot of churches can do online streaming. A lot of churches can't do worship and music well because there's a lot of different things that go into making music sound good rather than just you know plugging it into the camera kind of thing, you know? There's a lot of effects, whether it be reverb, compression, uh, EQs, all that stuff, uh, that that goes into making music sound great and sound uh, the way it does when it hits your headphones. And a lot of bigger churches, you know, Bethel or Elevation or Hillsong or the Malongi or whatever, have all the infrastructure to do that and have invested in that. But a lot of smaller churches that, you know, maybe have a congregation of two, three, four hundred people may, may not be able to do that. And so I've been getting together with some friends, and we've been just having these worship sessions that we pre-record a couple days before Sunday. We personalize it for churches and just using that to bless them. And I'm telling you, it's been so much fun just to see how churches have connected with it and how it's blessed churches in a way in this time when they're just not able to, to keep, you know, a quality of worship or a quality of sound across video that would keep their congregation engaged. So it's been a lot of fun doing that. It's kept me busy. And uh, one of the other churches that's been really just killing it in the streaming world and just making sure that their live streams are both engaging visually and sonically and musically is a belonging. I know I'm biased. It's my home church. I know I'm super biased. But recently we had Andrew Holt on, who's the worship pastor, one of the worship leaders at The Belonging Co., because they just put out a brand new song called Hosanna, and i, I I love this song, and I recently had him on an Instagram live segment, and so I clipped a little bit of our segment for you to listen to. So here's a little bit of my conversation with Andrew Holt, and I wanted to ask him about the song and and how the writing of the song came about. Yeah, I wrote uh, wrote it with um, our pastor, Henry Seeley, and Daniela Mason, end of last year in December, we had just like a little bit of an in-town writing camp for church, just at people's houses, and um, wrote it then, and I think the first time we let it was just like two or three weeks after that. We just kind of tagged it. I was actually leading with Daniela that night, and it was good, man. It's crazy like how fast. I don't think I've ever been a part of a song like this that has just caught on so fast with the church and, and our church here locally, and I think it's crazy even now how timely it is for this season that we're all in together. Um, and uh, I think it's, I think for, even for me personally, it's just it's something that I can just lift up my head in this season and realize that there's much more going on than just what's happening in front of me and that God's in control and that he's worthy of our praise in every situation, in every circumstance. And um, I'm hoping that this is gonna be that for everyone that hears it. Just um, provide them a moment of worship where they can lift up their head and God can lift them out of whatever they're dealing with in the moment. So excited for it, man. Yeah, that's good, man. And I think that's that's really cool about, I mean, just hearing the timeline of that, because I think I was at um, at conference, um, and this name is, oh, it's the one that, um, 
um, was written with Corey Ashbery um, that uh, Cody wrote. Yeah, Crosby Magnified. Yeah, and I think like they had just written it like that week almost, right? Like it was really fresh. Yeah. He finished it like the day before. So crazy. <laughs> or something crazy. It's awesome that like you hear those stories and I mean, I'd heard stories kind of back in the day of like Joel Houston finishing lyrics like half an hour before mm-hmm. album recording. But right. it's kind of cool when you get to see be like in the the congregation and hear it and just you just assume that this song has gone through like seven different, you know, rewrites right. before you heard it, and yeah. and then you kind of realize it it hasn't. But that's like when it's like Holy Spirit inspired, you know. Yeah, and so many of our songs at church always have often started in moments of worship, anyway. Um, and this song, the bridge, I won't stop singing. I won't stop singing. These lungs are made to sing your praise. Was just like a spontaneous moment that um, we had had a couple weeks before at church, and when we started writing this song, I had honestly kind of forgotten about it. It was like in my phone, like a voice memo that I sang after the <laughs> worship night that we had had, um, and like God just kind of brought it to my mind, and it fit so perfect with what we were already writing, and ended up like being the bridge. And um, I think it's just like. We, we always, it's not like every song has to always be that way, but there is something special when the song starts just in a moment of worship. And um, we try to always make space for that church to just have those moments. And it, sometimes it's just for that specific time, and sometimes it's for something bigger than that. And um, this was one of those moments. So, I mean, as soon as we started doing it in church, it was kind of um, just sort of like, let's just introduce it and then. It was like pretty obvious that this just was a song for right now. So, but yeah, this is just this for right now. We'll see what happens next. But um, excited for this one to be out for sure. All right, there's a quick portion of my conversation with Andrew Holt of The Belonging Co. about the song Hosanna, Song of the Ages, that is available now. And I love Andrew as a worship leader, but one of the other worship leaders I love that I've grown up listening to and being just inspired by is uh, Christian Sample of the Passion Movement. I've loved all of those albums, and um, as he told me in the interview, he's been connected with them since 2005. And back in 2005, uh, I think I was just graduating high school and probably the most influential moments of my life I can remember as a worship leader were during those years. And some of those passion albums meant so much to me. And so I want to take us right into our conversation with Christian Stanfield of Passion. And I started out by asking him just the obvious, most obvious first question. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It's good to talk to you. Oh, man, thanks for taking time today. And it was it was good to see you briefly while we were trying to figure out all the technical stuff for a second. It's all good, man. Dude, look, we are going to problem solve this thing and make it happen. So I I feel good about it. Yeah, something tells me that, that you're no stranger to problem solving some tech issues on the fly uh, <laughs> with deadlines about to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, no stranger to that. Thankfully, uh, it's not up to me all the time. We have an amazing... Yeah production team who works all that stuff out i just stand back and get out of their way you know what i mean 
Well, I mean, I mean, most people, they, they just assume everyone showed up at the Georgia Dome at 9 a.m. that morning and everything was ready to go by 6, right? Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, it was easy, man. It was no problem at all. No way. I mean, uh, good grief. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't know how our team does it uh, every year, but yeah. it, it literally is miraculous what they're able to do. Well, you know what's really cool about just the journey of, of passion is just how it's kind of evolved over the years. And I was saying this to uh, some people at your label and um, and with your PR people that, you know, some guests I need, I need like pages of EPKs or electronic press kits because I'm just, I'm not so familiar. But I've been familiar with, with what passion's been doing as a ministry for years because uh, it's kind of a ministry I grew up getting to be influenced by. So, so tell me a little bit about some of the ministries mm. that influenced you growing up. Uh, well, I'm like you, uh, honestly. I, uh, well, before I intersected Passion, um, I was a part of uh, an incredible church in Marietta, Georgia, where I grew up, uh, called Johnson Ferry Baptist Church. Yeah. And uh, there were just some amazing uh leaders i mean truly you know just a godsend um to have a few of these youth leaders in my life when i was you know 12 13 14 really in that awkward stage of life you know (laughs) middle school (laughs) like trying to figure out you know which way is up and um thankfully i had these you know a few just incredible leaders who somehow looked at my life and said man we we believe there's leadership on you and yeah um, started playing guitar and leading worship around that time and at a youth pastor David Peacock who I'm still great friends with now and he was like man let me let me sit with you let me teach you some on guitar let me teach you scripture mm-hmm. let me yeah help you understand what it is to be a worship leader and so that was really my first you know intersection with the strength of the church and um and ministry and community and i honestly don't think that my life would look in a lot of ways the way it looks today if it weren't for those leaders at johnson ferry baptist church so uh but then you know when i got into um high school freshman sophomore year i'd been leading worship for a couple years we started to hear about passion because what god was doing through passion was not just staying within the walls of passion it was really sweeping the southeast and a lot of you know the u.s and we started to hear the songs and hear the messages from louis and piper and a lot of um, speakers there and um we were just like knocked over by this movement of god and we had never heard music like this that was it just felt like it was dripping with like holy spirit power and um started leading the songs in our youth group and and so that was you know honestly some of the most formative you know years of you know my life as a worship leader and as you know just figuring out how to follow jesus and passion had a big a big voice in that so uh, i'm i'm like you in that way when did you kind of find that you know because i think there's there's these times in our lives where we Especially as musicians, and you know, I was worship pastor myself, and kind of came through uh, music as, as sort of my main tool. But there's a moment when you mm-hmm. realize you love music, and then there's a moment when you realize you love uh, leading people in worship, and you yeah. love using 
the gift uh, for something, you know, beyond just the, the enjoyment of the skill? When was sort of that realization moment for you? Um, that journey for me had a couple of, like, ups and downs, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, I started... We got honest here, so let's go, let's go for it. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. But I, I started leading, like I said, when I was in middle school, around eighth grade. And um, to be honest, I, I mean, musically, it was pretty terrible. I mean, <laughs> it was like just learning to play guitar and sing and figure all that out. Um, but then, you know, as I started to improve and as our band started to improve and uh, we got into high school, we started to uh, pray all of like the, the leaders of the student leaders of our youth ministry mm-hmm started to pray and really ask God to bring revival to our youth ministry. And we, we all together were kind of unsatisfied with just meeting on a Wednesday or meeting on a Sunday and going through the, the deal. Right. We wanted God to move. And uh, he answered our prayers and stuff started going down and people started getting saved Um, we saw this massive influx of like just numbers of students when we would gather, we were just seeing hundreds of students come and it became this real authentic expression of worship to God. And that was kind of the first taste that I got of like, wow, like if, if this is what I could do, if I could help people have a real encounter with the living like risen Jesus, then yeah. this is, this is what, this is what I want to do. I also loved it because, uh, uh, for the most part, people weren't really like looking in my direction. You know, when you're a worship leader, it's, you kind of get to, um, disappear in some ways, you know, yeah. as opposed to standing on stage and performing something and people going, I thought that was a good job. You did a good job there, you know? <laughs> um, Obviously, you can't take the flesh out of it completely, yeah. but um, I really, I was like, this is cool. Like, I was really uncomfortable in front of a lot of people, and it felt nice that everyone was like, had eyes up and looking at God. Right. So, yeah. So then, I, but then I went to college, and um, there was no doubt in my mind I wanted to play music, but then I went to college, and uh, I met my wife and fell completely madly in love with her and so all of my songwriting then started to be about about carrie and i love it and so i had yeah and honestly um uh not to over spiritualize it but i think god really used that season to refine me as a songwriter because um there's really you know it's such a it's such a raw emotion falling in love with somebody yeah. like really falling in love like this person means more to me than myself right uh and the songs i was writing for carrie i was like i feel more connected to this emotion than maybe i did to some of the worship songs that i was working on and that was a real conviction honestly wow and god god used that to go just to say hey, look like and i've talked about this with some other songwriters like if writing worship songs becomes anything more complicated than just writing a love song to to our our God or to our Savior, then maybe we're overcomplicating it, you know. Right. Yeah. And so, anyway, God, th- those songs uh, became a record. I made a record of these. Basically, it was a record um, uh, for my wife, 
And uh, I thought I wanted to be John Mayer for like a pretty extended season of my life. So I was like, I can lead. Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, still, I'm still, I'm a massive John Mayer fan. Um, But I, I thought I don't, you know, I can keep leading worship, but what I really want to do is, is tell stories with my songs and and go and whatever. And then it was about um, 2005. I'm I'm just skipping a lot, but 2005 where I was actually at a passion gathering. John Piper had just given his like amazing uh, life message talk uh, that don't waste your life, you know. Uh, and then Stephen Curtis Chapman, who I grew up listening to, uh, like he was like my child childhood, you know, artist I listened to all the time. Yeah. He came out on stage at in Nashville and sang um, that "I Want to Make Much of You, Jesus" song of his, and uh, that. Uh, that was a moment for me where the lights came on and God was like, look, uh, I, I made you and I created you to lead my people and write songs for my people to sing. And you, you're, you're not, it was almost like he picked me up out of one stream and just set me down over here. And it just made sense. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. So that's a long story, but, um, that's sort of the journey. And then so ever since then, really committed to leading and writing uh, worship songs. And um, yeah, so, and I love it now. We've been a part of Passion City Church since it started 11 years ago. And uh, it has been the most amazing journey. Uh, A lot of highs, a lot of lows, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been uh, worth it. And we're really glad we're in it. So sorry, that was a really long no, answer man, to your question. It's, it's really good to hear that context because I think, I mean, it's the reason why we do this podcast because uh, to me, I, we could talk about the fact that you guys just put out a, a single or you have an album coming. You know, like we can talk about all that stuff and that's fine. Uh, but yeah. ultimately, I think when people get to know the heart behind the chords that are strummed and the words that are sang and the ministry, and yeah. I think people just will connect with it better. And, and even just hearing sort of, I love what, the way you compared writing songs for your wife to sort of honing that craft in a, uh, yeah. in almost a counterintuitive way that, and I wonder, I wonder if there's something there that as we learn to love, you know, I've been married, wow, I, I almost just get, I almost couldn't remember, <laughs> nine years now. That's careful, bad. careful. Very careful. <laughs> yeah, nine years now. And. And you're right. That's I think, awesome, man. I think there's something you learn about each other mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that when we learn to love our wives, we almost catch a glimpse of even how much more God loves us. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I think that's right. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember any of the songs you wrote? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely remember them. I mean, it was it was very real. And uh, I still... I still have, I think, one copy of that record, and I'm not. I'm refusing to let anyone have it or see it or listen to it because I'm just. I came up before the time of YouTube or like Instagram or any kind of. So like nothing is out there, and like no videos of us leading. No, like so. And I'm. I'm like that is God's mercy to me too, because it. There's a lot. It was really bad, but. but yeah, you know that I think that's where maybe the the the, mo- the best worship songs come from is that that place of intimacy with Jesus, you know, and 
I learned a lot about that, just falling in love with, with Carrie and uh, was challenged in that. So, Well, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the church because, you know, I was talking to someone uh, with the Jesus Culture Ministry about this and the misconception that all of a sudden, you know, because Jesus Culture has conferences or Passion has conferences, you just open doors mm-hmm. to your church and all of a sudden you're the biggest church ever and everything just works mm-hmm. great all the mm-hmm. time. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about the journey of starting the church because you were you were part of of the team, I, I believe that helped plant uh, Passion City Church out of the Passion Movement. Yeah, yeah. So we Carrie and I had been a part of the conference uh, starting in uh, 2005, mm-hmm. and I was just part of leading one of the community groups, leading worship in one of the community groups in 05, and we've been a part of it ever since. The church started. Uh, in 09. We had our first gathering in February of 09. And Carrie and I were there and uh, helped lead the church. And I mean, you're right. I mean, because Passion started as a a conference ministry or movement, and, you know, you had, uh, you know, a lot of notable, you know, people involved. You had, you know, Chris, Chris Tomlin and Christy and Matt Redman and uh, and Nathan and and, uh, and then Louis obviously you know preaching, um, you know so you've got this team of people and pe- people are like wow these people are starting a church we're going to go check that out you know, and so on day one you know we had you know thousands of people show up and at the Tabernacle in downtown Atlanta for a couple gatherings that um that were really it was i mean it was a really awesome night it was really special it felt very significant for everyone that was there and like um but the challenge in that is i think you know we all know the church is church isn't like an event it's not you know it's not just you know this uh, big like bam this thing has happened it's it's a it's a community of people and yeah. it's it the root the roots go deep into that soil and you're you're shoulder to shoulder and you know you're building something together and your hands get dirty and it's not it's not always you know a good bright day it's it's sometimes it's it's walking with people through deep deep sadness you know mm-hmm. And that's, I think, from the start, and I really love that Louis said it, even from the first night we gathered as a church, he was like, hey, look, we, we are, we are, we are building, the, um, we're building a, ch- a church here, a community of people that, that loves Jesus, that loves our city, that loves people together. And I think it took, it took a while for that to really catch on, but people started to realize like, oh, dang, like the they're not going away. Like this is like, they're sticking around. Yep. And, uh, we made it kind of difficult for people to figure it out because we would, we would gather in like a few different locations around the city. First, it was like once a month. Uh, then it was like maybe every other week for a while. So we, and we were always in a different location. So it was like, you kind of had to do some, some like, and you had you had to do some some work to figure it out. But that's good because um, it, it it helps get away from the consumer mentality, and, and I think mm-hmm. it something does restore my hope and and sort of maybe this is the wrong way to say it, but my hope in the church that yeah, you know what, a big church can come to town, or a big church can be planted, mm-hmm. or you know, Elevation can yeah. open a campus, or Hillsong can open a campus, or, or whatever that looks yeah. like, 
and everybody just doesn't go leave their local church where the worship's bad and goes there now. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful that the community and, uh, and, you know, DNA and church family still, still Mm -hmm. really hold weight with people. And and I think Mm -hmm. that's, what's awesome about what you guys did was, was really carry some of the passion DNA from the conferences into, to daily church life. Yeah. Yeah. So now, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's been 11 years and I think, you know, we have, I know our family has found community like never before. And a lot of people have found community at Passion City Church. And um, man, I mean, if, if you could hear the stories when we do baptisms on Sundays and you hear how Jesus is moving in our house, it's, you're like, I can't believe like we would have never heard this story if Passion City Church hadn't happened. And so I think all of us still stand back and just go, man, praise God. This is what what an amazing thing to be a part of. And as we fast forward sort of to where you guys are at now, um, you know, with the conferences and and the team and the band and and the albums, you know, I I think uh, I watch and we, you kind of touched on a little bit earlier about sort of the, I don't know, the eyes on me thing when you're when you're playing music because I think as musicians there's there is we have to be honest like when we're playing our instrument we play it because mm. we really enjoy it mm-hmm. and it's almost like we get beaten to death out of us enjoying it because it's all for the Lord <laughs> so oh, it's man. like we have to like we have to like so deflect that it's almost falsely humble so mm-hmm. you know as you're looking at the Georgia Dome full of tens of thousands of people and you guys are singing at the top of your lungs and having fun and dancing. You know, how do you, how do you sort of enjoy the moment of, of fun and yet still keep your focus in the right place? Oh, man. Well, you know, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think if, if, our, if our worship to God is devoid of joy then we're missing that that fruit and you know i always joke around with our team sometimes before we walk out to lead i go hey guys this is music and music should be fun so let's have a great time you know (laughs) and to you know also that translates to the people that you're leading you know Mm -hmm. walk walking out on on a sunday with our team to lead if we were all stone faced and standing in one spot the whole time, you know, I, people are going to go, I don't, they don't really, it doesn't really feel like they're enjoying this. I don't know if I'm enjoying this either. Yeah, or, or someone comes to, someone comes to church looking for a glimmer of hope and looks around and goes, these people are just right. miserable as That's I am. Ex- exactly right. And so, you know, I, 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 and I, I love music and I love playing my guitar and I love to sing and I love, I love to be, in a moment with people, uh, a moment with God. And um, now, obviously, there are different muscles that we flex as worship leaders, you know. And we're, we're here talking about more of the exhortation muscle. Like, we're excited. We're calling people into what we're doing. Um, but yeah. there's, there's also that muscle you flex where you, you go, wow, like there's, there's something really significant that's fallen in the room right here. And Holy Spirit, help me lead uh, into that and not get in the way, but um, help me lead, lead the people into this moment so you can do the work that you want to do. So there's, 
there's both and for sure. But man, we, especially at Mercedes Benz, you know, if you can't look around Mercedes Benz Stadium at 65,000 college students, just absolutely thrilled to be there and not go, this is awesome. We're having a great time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I want to check your pulse because I'm like, man, th- this is like, this is a good time to be alive. Like, wow. And so, you know, um, so yeah, it's, uh, that is the cool thing too about college students. They come to like turn up and have a, an amazing, amazing party, which is fantastic. But then they will be on their knees broken before God, uh, in such a vulnerable moment of worship, you know? So I, I think it's both and it's gotta be. Yeah, absolutely. And now, and now I'm kicking myself because I kept calling it the Georgia Dome, and I'm a sports guy, and I, I should know that. I should have Bro, had that right. We have, all, we have done it all leading up to 2020. I, I promise you, we all did it countless times. We're like, <laughs> yeah, it will be the Georgia Dome. Like, ah, okay, no. Nice. So, Amazing. It's okay. It's okay. It's all good. Well, so I just noticed that you guys had released a song recently. You released a cover of Waymaker featuring, well, why don't you mm-hmm. tell me who's featured on it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we did this. It was the last morning of conference. Yeah. And um, we had, uh, oh, uh, yeah, Chris Brown from Elevation was up there. Carrie Job was up there. Cody Carnes was up there. Uh, Jad Gillies from uh, United was there. Charlie Hall was up there. Uh, Legend. Uh, Crowder was up there. Uh, Sean Curran and, you know, me and Brett and Mel were up there with yeah. our band. And we just had the, it was all the worship leaders who had kind of led through the conference. And, we just thought, man, what a what a cool moment it could be if we could all unify our voice. Mm-hmm. And um, f- it, one, I think it would just be powerful in the room. But two, it, I think it really said to everybody that was there, like, hey, w- this is one kingdom. Yeah. We're united under one name. Uh, there's no one's like competing against each other here. Uh, so there's no, there's no set times, and you yeah. get this set, and you're the opener, and. Nah, not that. Right. So we led Waymaker that morning uh, with Carrie and Cody and myself. And um, it was one of the last things, actually, that we sang at conference. It was in the final set. And uh, it's it, that song, obviously, has just been like wildfire in the church all over the world, uh, you know, in the past six months. And so yeah. um, it feels like when that happens that God is speaking something to his church and to his people really to the world just to say uh i am still a way maker i'm still working miracles i do keep my promises uh i light up the darkness and so to sing that as one of the final uh confessions at passion 2020 was cool to think that all all these students are going back to their universities and their campuses with this faith in god kind of alive and burning in their hearts. So it was, it was pretty cool, but yeah, I just released uh, the video and um, yeah, the, I think the, the song is out too. Yes. Well, we will, uh, we'll close the podcast with a, a clip of that song, but, but tell mm. me when we can expect the next, uh, the next full record. So uh, the, the full passion uh, 2020 live record, it's called roar. Uh, will be out March 6th and um, I'm so excited about it. It's, it feels a little bit like if you you've tracked with passion, so I think you'll know what I mean by this. Yeah. But it feels a little bit like an old school passion record, 
where Love you it. listen, yeah. you, you listen to it and you, and you can hear the room and you hear the moment and you go, wow, this, this is a, a holy moment. It's not, it's not a collection of like eight or nine or 10 brand new songs that we're like pushing out to people. It's, it really is like a collection of like the moments at conference where, you know, if you were there, like, wow, like this yeah. is, this is a holy, holy ground, holy moment. And so it's a lot of those moments. So that, that'll come out, uh, March 6th. So look for it there. It'll be streaming. And then eventually we'll get physical copies out for everyone who wants that or needs that. But for now, just stream it March 6th. Absolutely. Well, by the time people hear this, it'll be out and you'll be able to go listen to it. So awesome. make sure you go check out the new album from Passion everywhere that you can. It's called Roar and it's going to be on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, iTunes if you're old school, YouTube if you're cheap, um, whatever, <laughs> wherever you want to find it. Um, yeah. But make sure you go check it out. And uh, just closing this podcast, we're going to hear a clip of this song, The Giant Collaboration. Uh, Waymaker by Passion. Thank you, Christian Sanfield, for hanging out with us today. Loved it, man. So good to talk with you, bro. Absolutely. We'll do it again sometime. Hope so, yeah. This is Waymaker from Passion. Check it out. All right, there you have it. There's my conversation with Christian Sanfield of Passion. And make sure you check out their brand new album. It's called Roar. It's out now. It was recorded live at Passion 2020, and it features amazing worship leaders like Christian himself, Hillsong United, Crowder, Carrie Job, Cody Carnes, Melody Malone, Brett Yonker, Sean Curran, and I'm probably missing somebody in that list somewhere, but it's an incredible, incredible record. You will absolutely love it, and I'm telling you, you do not want to miss out listening to this album. There's something just so raw and just such a return to sort of, and not that they ever wander, but just such a return to sort of the basis of passion, and that's just leading songs and capturing moments in the conference, not necessarily just songs that were written by the team, but songs that were resonating in those moments. And I want to be a part of those holy moments, and and you will feel that as you listen to this record. Make sure you check it out, Roar by Passion. It's out now. It's recorded live at Passion 2020. That's all we got for this episode of Overflow Beyond the Music. I'm your host, Josh McCabe. Remember to check out the show notes. You can get a link to the brand new EP by Caves. You'll get a link to the brand new song by The Belonging Co., Holy Song of the Ages. And you'll get a link to the brand new record from Passion. So check that out. And we will see you next time right here on Overflow Beyond the Music. <laughs>